Welcome to the Minimalist Business School podcast. I'm Emma, I'm your host, and we are so hot here. It's so hot. It's going to be 39 degrees this weekend, and Rita is snoozing next to me. I've made like um <laughs> like a long bench so that she can sit next to me while I'm working. So I'm hoping she's not going to start dreaming or snoring while I record this. So I'll try and get it done. But if you do hear funny little woofling noises, that's the dog. It's not me. So today, as promised, I sent an email out to my list on Sunday talking about how to detox your news and your social media accounts and to just kind of dive into that a bit more deeply. It's something I've been experimenting with and I'm so happy. (laughs) It's working really, really well and it's really changing my energy around what I can do and I'll dive into that a bit more deeply. But first, let's start with what are the reasons to do a kind of detox or a declutter of your online presence and I would say the first the biggest one I mean it depends where you are really for me right now I'm in a very undeservedly privileged place there are things that may affect me and there are global things that may affect me but they're not immediately affecting me so for me the priority is about focus and how can I really, really create space in my brain for it to be creative and for it to focus so that I can start to work on the projects that are important to me. Now, depending on where you are, you may not have that privilege. And so for you, a reason to detox your news and your social media feeds might be exhaustion, burnout, trauma. You might just be seeing too many awful things and these are things that are very close and they affect you. It might be secondary trauma. And so in that situation, it's very important that you can curate your digital space so that it's not another thing piling on top of what you're already experiencing. When we think about how we do this, the first thing to bear in mind is that it's not easy. So the news and social media, we all know this now, I think, but it bears repeating. They are designed to make us click. And I'll put a link to, I'll try and find it. There was an article I read a couple of years ago with Alan Rusbridger, um, who was the editor of The Guardian, and he did some really great work with that paper. And he was talking about why we have these problems and how the whole model, so if we put social media to one side and we look at kind of, you know, traditional media, although obviously they're now mixing because traditional media is on social media and yeah, it's all connected, it's all connected. Um, But he was explaining that there is this very big problem, which is that the business model is still advertising. So whereas with social media, we have this combination of, okay, they make money from advertising, but they also make money from selling our data. With the traditional model, it's about advertising. So the more you click on something, the longer you're on a page, the more money they make. And human nature means we are attracted to negative things. We just are, There's, it's just in our genes, it's in our DNA. It's that slowing down to watch the car crash, that's always the example that's given. So the news is implicitly 
bias towards showing us negative things. There are plenty of documentaries you can watch that will take you more into that. Um, I'm not going to do that today because it's depressing and you don't need that. What we do need to bear in mind is that, number one, just like when people were trying to battle the tobacco industry, this is a product that was designed to be very, very addictive. Media now, it's not just about informing us, it's about keeping us and creating a very addictive way of consuming it. So how do we deal with that? Because there is something that came up when I was talking to my clients in the last few weeks, something that came up again and again was a sense of guilt guilt that you need to that, you know you need to be informed but also feeling almost resentful sometimes that you can't go anywhere online without seeing something negative and something that makes you feel really really flat and really depressed and you only have to do this you know my um, poison of choice well it's not poison they do amazing work but I usually go between the Guardian I'll have a little look at the BBC um, that's the main place that I get my news from, actually, which you can see I'm a bleeding heart lefty liberal. But if I look at The Guardian and I scroll down the headline, I can usually find maybe one positive story on the whole long page. And there will be some silly stories, but a positive story, and then the rest, everything else is just doom and gloom. So while these things are happening, I know there are good things happening as well. And if you go to something like Positive News, which is um, a quarterly magazine, which is really wonderful, and they focus on the good things that are happening, you can start to see a slightly more balanced picture. And I am not suggesting that you start to ignore the news. That's not at all my point here. No way. But what I am suggesting is that you can, for a period, start to recalibrate your relationship with news and how you allow it into your life in the same way with social media we don't have to feel guilty for not reading every single thing and in fact one of my rules where I started to cut down on this was if I saw the same post twice I would just unfollow that account because it just meant that I was following lots of the same accounts and so I was just seeing again like negative thing negative thing negative thing and actually if there is a cause that you actually care about. So this is this is what I want to talk about. How we stay informed in a productive way. So if you have made some of the choices already, so if you've kind of checked out, okay, where are you um, where are you being responsible as like a member of society? So are you up to date and voting in all of the places that you can vote? This is something that yeah, this is one of the first moments where I just thought, okay, I'll just keep my mouth shut because I was complaining after the Brexit vote and I realised that I hadn't voted in European elections at all. I just voted, in, I used to vote in the local elections, the council, and then the national elections. European elections I hadn't voted in. So when I then started to feel annoyed and resentful that we had political groups that were campaigning against the European Union and being a member... I realised I couldn't say a lot because I hadn't been voting. So my next step to do, to take, was to make a list of all the places that I can vote. And even living between Spain and France, I have rights in these two countries as well as my rights in the UK. And a lot of people have said to me, why do you care? Why do you care what happens in the UK if you're not living there? 
And my answer to that is that everything we do now affects people in other countries. So we get pollution traveling over, we pollute other places. The healthcare system in Spain is modeled on the healthcare system in the UK. My family members are in the UK. I have students, I have clients all over the world. So we can't, for me, my personal decision and belief is that we can't just focus on voting you know, in one specific country and then not looking at the rest of them because we're all connected and everything we do affects each other. So that's, that's my personal belief. So that's one of the things that I like to check. Um, where can I vote? Where do I have power in that way, democratically? The other thing is making a decision to donate. And donations, um, not everyone has money to donate. So all of these things, there's a, a video I shared from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez where she talks about what can you do in response to the Roe v. Wade overturning and you know lots of people make this point really good activists that it's do what you can so if you have money donate if you have time give your time if you don't have time or money tell someone else about it <laughs> Rita yawning very loudly next to me but you know you can always you can share you can talk to someone you can have a conversation so there's always something we can do and if you're one of the people affected by the issues then your job is to look after yourself as well because there's a great um, illustration on the Slow Factory which is it's an Instagram account and I'll put a link to it here, I've been sharing it a lot but it has all these different profiles for the roles in collective liberation so you've got the advocate, you've got the artists, you've got communicators, designers, visionaries, problem solvers so we really need to think in terms of community rather than feeling that we have to do everything ourselves, and that's why we just burn out. Um, slow news. Something we can do to make sure that we do feel we're connected but we're not just doom scrolling is choosing slow news models. So there's uh, one of my favourites is Tortoise Media. There's a podcast and they really dive into like a specific topic and then they kind of, you know, it's like a, a loaf of bread. When it's finally there, they've got all of the details, they publish it. So I really like that. There are a few magazines that I'll recommend, independent magazines, that again, they're just great. And, you know, if you think about that old feeling of, I remember going into um, pubs on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning to get coffee and you'd have all of the newspapers, the weekend papers, on the table. And you'd just sit and you'd flick through them and you'd read about things. And there wasn't this kind of panic and anxiety of things happening all the time. Whereas when I was commuting in Madrid, I was literally, like, from leaving the house, I had a podcast, a news podcast in my ears. Then I would be looking at Twitter while I was on the metro. Sometimes I'd be so hooked that I'd still be looking at Twitter, like bumping into people, walking to go teach my classes. <laughs> And by about 4pm, I felt really stressed and, and I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't doing anything about the things that I was stressed about. So this is where another thing that can be helpful is define what you're going to stay informed about and why. So for me right now, there are three things that are taking up space in my brain, two of them more than the third. 
the third one used to be the biggest, okay? So I used to have, I would say animal welfare was top of my things I was stressed about. And I was also very, very, very concerned with, um, yeah, with feminism, with misogyny that was happening. I was doing a project about misogyny in social media and in WhatsApp groups. And at that time, I really started to believe that the world was a terrible, awful, evil place. And I would see negative things and I would see evidence of what I was reading about online everywhere. Now I've made adjustments. So animal welfare, again, I look at what's happening in my own home first. So I have a very difficult dog, as you know. I love you, but she's difficult. And I realized that I was being very judgmental about how other people were treating their dogs. And I wasn't putting in the time and effort to train my dog and make sure that she was happy and healthy 100%. The same when I started to read an awful lot about online misogyny. I realized that I could do a much better job of building confidence in my coaching practice with my coaching clients and helping them to navigate the world more confidently and for them to then have those conversations. So those two things have now moved down my priorities. Right now, I am mostly concerned with our mental health system, how we treat addiction, and also the climate crisis. Animal welfare is still there because it's always there because I'm obsessed with animals, but it's not... For me, it's also connected. It's inside the climate crisis. So those, let's say those two things are taking up the most space in my brain. When I ask myself, is the best way for me to get informed and take action on these two things, reading the news or using social media? The honest answer is no, it is not. It may have been at a certain point and I have found amazing things and amazing resources. But right now, what I choose to do is to start reading books, reading books, listening to podcasts, and then taking action steps and building in a cycle of reading, taking a little action step, reading, taking a little action step. And as I learn about that and I see what's working, what isn't, then I will start to share it. So I no longer believe that for me, my role in this is to to lead other people. I think it's enough for me to work stuff out myself and then say, hey, this is how it's working for me. How's it working for you? And through that, through asking for help on my email list and through talking to people about what I'm doing, I'm making really interesting connections and we're starting to support each other. So for me to do this, for me to not constantly consume the news or social media, and I really have gone cold turkey on social media, like I haven't been on my Instagram account for I think more than a week because I just decided, you know what, I don't, <laughs> this is not where I want to be, it's not, it's too fast, it's too fast, too many conversations are happening too quickly and actually I'm really enjoying getting to know the people on my email list, diving more deeply into Substack, starting to connect with people who have other people that have Mighty Networks communities and they're doing different projects and they're making things happen in their local communities. But for me to do this, I have to hold this belief, which is I choose to believe that I can do something about these issues and I choose to believe in grassroots movements and I choose to top up these beliefs by bringing the right people into my world, okay? 
So what tools do we have to do this? As I said before, don't underestimate what you're up against, okay? When you're getting informed, make a decision and then implement it. So by that, let's say you decide that you're not going to use social media at the weekend and you commit to deleting Instagram or TikTok or whatever, whatever your vice is off your phone on Friday night, set an alarm to do that. If you've made a commitment to not read the news, so for me, I didn't just stop reading the news. I don't have that self-control. <laughs> I have had to block <laughs> all of those websites on my phone. I have a feed blocker on Chrome installed. I have strict time limits. I've logged myself out and made complicated passwords for things. So I know that my brain, I have a very good brain for learning, which is good when it's learning things that help me, and it's bad when it's learning things that don't help me. For example, I used to absolutely chain smoke. I used to have a horrible relationship with alcohol. My brain loves learning and it loves finding the easiest path. So remember, your brain, it's not always supporting you. I've said this many times, it can be your strongest supporter and it can be your worst enemy as well. So we need to understand how our brain is working in this situation. So set yourself up for success. You know, imagine somebody that's trying to manage their alcohol relationship or they're trying to eat more healthily. Would you leave a bottle of wine on the table in front of them for when they arrived? Would you put the, the chocolate bar in their eye line when they open the fridge? No. We move them, we hide things, we think about how to help ourselves. So it's the same with the news and the same with your social media. Just start to think ahead for those moments when you've already been thinking about things and your brain isn't fully present and really put those things in, activate focus time, use feed blocker, create a ritual for yourself. So if you're like me and you used to read the papers at the weekend, can you do that now? Can you order uh, a print copy of the news just once a week? So whenever your brain says, oh, I have to check the news, I have to see what's happening, you can remind yourself, we've got it covered. <laughs> Sunday morning, mocha, croissant, okay. Oh, that was a bit pretentious, croissant. Um, or croissant in Spain. This is the problem. I have croissant in three different languages, <laughs> depending on where I am. Uh, pastry, okay? Let's say Danish pastry. Danish pastry and a mocha on a Sunday morning, you know? And isn't that more appealing than just leaping in and getting your five seconds of, oh my God, we're all still fucked when you look at the news during the day, okay? As you're doing this, record how you feel. So something that I started to do was I carry my iPad downstairs because my iPad's got my Kindle and it's got Scribe and it's got all the books on it. And I thought about where are the places where I have this habit, this very strong habit of checking the news. And for me, anytime I sit down with food, so I really got in the habit of just doom scrolling over the last couple of years. So instead, my new habit is I've got my uh, speaker over near the coffee machine. So I come down, I plug, I put SoundCloud on because I love the mixes on SoundCloud. I play some music and once I've got my food ready, I have my iPad open with a book to read. And I can tell you, like even after one day, after doing that for one day, my brain was like, I don't know, it was like a fish tank that had 
fresh water running through it for the first time in weeks. It was just, it was really nice. So even if you fall off the wagon, just reflect why and then change your approach, okay? Don't expect it to be easy, but it is worth it. You can try a slightly different approach and email me. Let me know how you're getting on. What are you struggling with? You know, or what's working? Because I can share that with other people as well. That's really, really, really important. So another thing to think about with this is asking yourself if a medium is actually essential for your work because you may feel that you need to be using social media um, for your job to market, which isn't strictly true, but I'm, as you know, I'm doing an experiment with that at the moment and I'll, I'll report back very soon. Uh, but so far I would say no, not, not essential for, for most things. Um, if you have to keep up with current affairs for your job, can you find a daily digest? You know, my friends in finance, they, they don't often read the actual news. They get like, um, there's a company that will read the news for them and send them a daily email. So there are various things that we could do, or we can just pick just one politics account to follow, just one activism account to follow on Instagram and keep a really curated feed and check in with that and just keep keep unsubscribing, keep unfollowing, just be really ruthless about it. With boundaries, these are, I love boundaries. Um, <laughs> I always think like boundary Jedi, boundary Jedi, like swoosh, swoosh, setting a boundary. Sometimes all we need for a specific platform is actually we need more boundaries. So one of the things that really annoys me about Instagram is all the direct messages from weird people that I don't know who they are. And they're all promising to put me on the magazine cover or to magically increase my business. And that really annoys me. And actually, it would change my experience a lot. And I think that's what I'm going to do with Instagram is I'm just going to put lots of boundaries and follow lots of people and keep it heavily curated and keep it as my space, like the good old my space rather than something I have to do for marketing. The same with Facebook. You know, something that used to really annoy me was I would go in there to network and to connect with people that also run a business, and then I'd see some post from a relative and I'd feel annoyed. So I just mute, block, unfollow, clear, you know, and some people will get sniffy about it, but listen, it's your space. It's your space, okay? You also... Don't have to reply to people by a certain time or ever, okay? So if you feel stressed because you're using a social media and I've kind of gone more into the social media here, but you know, that's the other bit of this. So if you do feel stressed about that, just give yourself permission to not reply to anyone unless you want to. And that will also potentially change your environment quite a lot. Now, I have one action step for you, one challenge, which is to pick a period to go cold turkey for, for a week. For a week? Oh my god. I think I was going to challenge you to do it for a week, and then I was like, no, that's too much. <laughs> no one will do it. <laughs> so, yes, I've changed that. I can see I've squiggled on this and said, for a period. But even if you can do, like, one day... Challenge yourself to do one day with no media, no social media, and then see how it feels and do two days 
and three days. And if you can do a week, amazing. But email me, let me know what you discovered. How did you feel about it? Because I just think it's so worth it. And I think you're going to find out some very interesting things about yourself and how you're spending your time and how you want to be spending your time. So do get in touch. I would love to know your thoughts and I will see you next week.